Mindfulness Mode 144. She just used her body and bumped me all the way down the hallway and out the door and was going to fight me. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Great to have you with us, Mindful Tribe. On our last episode, we talked with Aaron Watson. He's a world champion athlete, a Frisbee champion. He's not only a winner, he's extremely mindful. If you haven't checked it out, if you haven't heard that episode, I think you'll want to go back and hear Aaron on episode 143. Today, I'm talking with a fascinating storyteller named Stacy Brookman. She's not only skilled at telling stories, she can teach you to do the same in your voice. Find out how Stacy impacts people's lives with her storytelling. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Stacy Brookman on the line today. Hey, Stacy, are you in mindfulness mode? I am definitely in mindfulness mode today. That is great. Stacy Brookman is a wordsmith. She's loved words all her life, and she excels at crafting words into clever phrases and fascinating stories. Not only is Stacy amazing at her own ability to create compelling stories, but she's terrific at teaching this skill to others. Stacy's language abilities are enhanced by the fact that she understands the concept of using effective mindfulness tools to achieve focus and direction. Stacy has a wonderful podcast called Write of Your Life, and write is spelled W-R-I-T-E, Write of Your Life, with the tagline, Life Happens, Storytelling Transforms It. I love that. <laughs> so tell us, what does mindfulness mean to you, Stacy? Well, I really love Tim Ferriss's definition. And he says that present state awareness helps you to be non-reactive. So when you're aware of your things that happen, then you don't have to overreact to them. But I also think that the Reverse is true, that present state awareness helps you to be reactive when you need to be. Because as I've gone through life and everyone else that goes through life, we have a huge capacity of pulling the wool over our own eyes and not reacting to things that we should. And mindfulness will help you change that and be more aware of what's happening with you, what you're thinking and what you should be doing. Well, that is a great definition. And yeah, I totally agree. It's so easy to just go through life day by day, month by month. And somebody will say to you, well, don't you realize you're doing such and such? Or, well, especially if you get a coach, which I think we all need mm-hmm, you know, right. to help us to look at our lives through somebody else's eyes. And then they can give us some some direction because, I mean, our friends and family aren't really the people we should be looking for all the time for direction. Right. And uh, I know that you've had some challenges and at times you told me you felt you didn't really react to things in your life the way you oh, should have. So can you so tell true. us an example of that? Well, I, I, I guess it could be my, almost my entire adult life. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, except for the, la- you know, the last part of it. Um, yes, I, you know, went through life and mm-hmm. I, I was actually married to someone who I, I didn't realize, but um, was a, you know, sociopath and 
um, I was just trying to get through life and just trying to make things happen and sure. work and things like that. And not even realizing I needed to step back and say, okay, what is really happening? I was just reacting to moment by moment and not even paying attention to the big picture. And what happened was, you know, of course, we were eventually getting divorced and it was a very traumatic divorce. One time I went to a, a memoir writing class and someone had said, recommended that I do that because the stories were just so crazy. So I went to the memoir writing class and what that made me do was stop and take a look and write down some of these stories. And the, the leader led us through what, you know, boil it down to one point in your life. What just let's, let's talk about one of those points. What did you feel? What did you smell? What did you hear? What did you um, touch? And what did you taste? And taking us back to that time and really honing in on what it was like at that moment in time. And that caused me to be more mindful of what was happening. And so then you wrote the story and you came back the next week and you wrote another story mm -hmm. about another point in time. But I didn't even realize that was mindfulness or that was causing me to take a look at what was happening because it was things that were happening in my life at that moment in time. And um, what it did was it brought awareness to, hey, it, it's, it's like looking in a mirror when it was foggy before and now it's like somebody's wiped it off. Like, oh my goodness, this is what's happening. And when you start to realize what's actually happening in your life and what the big picture is, then you can change it. I used to have a, a, a life theme and we, I uncovered my life theme in this class of not raising my hand. Mm -hmm. I didn't raise my hand in kindergarten and school and, you know, in my early adult life to say that's not right or step up to, to defend myself or, you know, stand up for myself. When I realized that, that's what this class did for me and that mindfulness that I started practicing through that, it, it helped me to change my life theme from not raising my hand to, you know, being the person that I am today, which is I'm very aware of what's happening. I'm aware of myself in the world and how I um, interact with other people and more aware of the big picture. And so, you know, I'm really excited about having that change, you know, that changed me. And it for the better, for the better. And so do you think that being aware, not you know, that whole thing, not raising your hand, is that related to personal value? Do you think you didn't raise your hand because your personal value in your own mind was lower than it should have been? You know, I, I, I'm sure it was because of that. Um, you know, it, it, I actually wrote a poem with different points of not raising my hand throughout my life. So it started young. You know, it could have been I was number two of four kids. It could have been mm -hmm. that, you know, I had a, a, a teacher scold me and then I got my feelings hurt and then started not doing that and started fading into the background and, and you know, realizing that the more you put yourself out there as a kid and you, you're just exploring the world, but the more you put yourself out there, the more you raise your hand, the hurt, the more hurt you get. And that's, I think, what I learned early on and it carried into my adulthood to my detriment. 
And so how did you feel when you were forced to speak like in class as a kid, for instance, or you were forced <laughs> to do a presentation or something? Oh, that was, that was a traumatic. Wow. <laughs> I, that was the worst thing. I hate being called on. I hated yeah. being called on. Um, but it, you know, it's so interesting because changing myself for the better and being able to be aware of, of that was my feeling and the end why and things like that, um, helped me to change my outlook. So, you know, eventually I started raising my hand and saying, Hey, I have an opinion. I can answer that question. It's fun being able to, you know, when you're born and you go throughout your childhood and adolescence and early adulthood, that's not the only thing that you are. You can change yourself. And and that's a that's a beautiful thing. And so do you sometimes still feel some anxiety related to that? You know, I don't enjoy public speaking. Mm-hmm. Um And even now, sometimes it's hard to express my own opinion, but I, I, I've changed myself enough to where I'm operating in the world and I love what I do and I love sharing what I do. And so that helps me to overcome some of that shyness. Sure. And you help others. Tell us how you do that. What form does that helping others take? Well, the class that I took in, in writing my memoir was so helpful to me. It was so eye-opening, so um, life-changing for me. I mean, it truly changed me from the inside out. And I, and I haven't even published that. It's not even for public consumption, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that I wanted to help other people. So I learned much more about it. I really got into the art and the science of why writing helps you uh, become a better person, why writing um, helps you reduce stress. Writing actually can boost your immune system physically. They've done a lot of studies on that. And, 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 and it's a form of mindfulness because as you're writing down what you're feeling and what you're, particularly when you write down your feelings, what's going on with you, what's the events that are happening around you and how they're affecting you, um, you actually can, you know, boost your memory, boost your, uh, recover from trauma. Um, I'm sorry. The question was, <laughs> I'm, I'm going off on, on writing because it is so, so helpful. And I love what you're saying. You know, I just love what you're saying about writing. And I'm jotting down notes here because you've said, Stacy, you know, that you can become a better person. You can boost your immune system, have less stress, and you can recover from trauma. That is really amazing. I have two questions for you, Stacy. How mm-hmm. long would a person need to write each day? And do they just write longhand? Do they just start and write any thoughts or should it be structured? Well, you know, there are different schools of thought on that. What I teach people is it just start writing and write about your feelings. So think of a particular moment in time. What's a moment like a pivotal moment in your life? Um, was it a divorce? Uh, was it uh, something good? It could be graduation, you know, with a, a college degree. It could be anything. But pick one moment in time, an hour, a minute, a specific situation and write about that and write all of your senses, all of your 
you know, the five senses. What did you see? What did you touch? What did you hear? What did you taste? What did you feel? All of those things. And then start writing your feelings about that. And that's what helps is writing your feelings. When you go through a particular, let's say a trauma in your life, trauma memories are stored in a different place in your brain than regular memories. So what writing those down helps you do is take those memories out of that particular place in your brain that continues to hurt you and cause you to fear and and affects you daily. And it puts them in the place where they're supposed to be just memories that don't hurt you. Um, and so that's that's what I teach people to do is, is um, just start writing your feelings. And I would recommend that they, you know, connect with some other writers or even if you don't feel like you're a writer, just start writing. And should you be thinking about maybe someday this would be published or maybe putting it yeah. into a blog or whatever like that or just like it's just for your own private use? It's just for your own private use. Now, you that's not to say you can't publish it. You definitely can publish it, but especially your first draft, your first uh, writing, you should just write and get it out of your head and onto paper. Now, you asked about, you know, should you write it longhand? It doesn't matter. There are some some uh, folks who say you it's better to write longhand. I have so many ideas in my head, I have to type and I type really fast. So I, I usually use the computer to write it down. Uh, but you can do it either way. It doesn't matter. Just start writing. Well, I like what you said about using the five senses, thinking of a moment and then writing about the five senses, because that gives you direction right away. So mm -hmm. you're not sitting there thinking, well, what am I going to write about? Mm -hmm. You know, and I take people through discovering the milestones in their life, you know, start with you were born. And then um, there are certain exercises that will help you identify some of the major milestones in your life. And then you can just write all of those down. Uh, one by one, and then just take one of those a day and start writing about it. You can do that. I see. So when someone comes to you and asks for your help, does that uh, look like a certain period of time, like you work with them for six weeks or something like that? Tell us what it looks like when someone starts working with you. Well, I do not take on any individual clients now mm -hmm. um, because I'm just so busy. I, I do teach some classes um, of groups of people and mm -hmm. I take them through that. And then I also have an online course. So the, my lifestorytelling.com course is online and that's where I take people through. Um, I have a seven day jump start. Okay. So if, if anyone is interested in trying this for seven days and just getting a jump start on writing about their life and seeing if they even like it, then they can do that. Very cool. Seven day jump start. That sounds, and just to kind of get you into writing and get you used to it. And should you write every day then, Stacy? Yeah, I, I think it's a good habit to have. Even in some, in one of the studies, um, I believe it was from the University of Missouri, they dubbed it the two minute miracle mm -hmm. because just two minutes a day of writing down your feelings and writing down, you know, not just the weather or not just, hey, this happened to me today, but your feelings about it, that alone boosted your immune system. That is very cool. Well, so it boosts your immune system. And is that because 
ultimately you're more in touch with your own feelings and therefore you're more relaxed and therefore you're happier? Does it kind of go like that? It does. It, it, you're more happier. It reduces the stress. A lot, some of the stress we, that we feel, in fact, a lot of the stress that we feel is due to your mind thinking of things that could happen that mm-hmm. aren't even happening or you're, you're worried about something. Writing down helps reduce the worry, reduce the stress, and like you said, make you a much happier person. And that's what, um, that's what causes your immune system to go up. So it sounds like writing for you is almost a form of meditation maybe, but do you have any other form of meditation in your life? I do. Um, I do use the Headspace app. Oh, yeah. And I love Headspace. Yeah. And that's what I, I, you know, it, it, I struggled with it for a while at first to, to even, you know, take that time. But Headspace walks you through, especially their first 10 sessions. I think those are free still. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you learn how to slow your mind down and be calm. And I love that. So then I've gone to more onto onto some of their other programs, which are wonderful. And they it's sort of guided meditation, more or less. Isn't it, it is. It's guided meditation. Yes, because right. I, I I didn't know how to do it on my own, and I, I I knew I'd heard a lot about it, and I knew it was very good for you, but I didn't know how to do it. My mind was just going hundred miles an hour. Sure, this I helps. love to sometimes put on like the sound of the waves, the ocean, mm. that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that helps me to clear my mind and meditate and relax. Right. Yeah. So you are teaching people almost every day how to do this. What are some of the stories? What's one story you have about someone you have helped and how it's just made a huge difference in their life? I hear stories all the time about people who have gone through this course and they they started feeling the feelings um, because it gives you permission to feel those feelings without hurting yourself, um, without, you know, hurting your psyche and being afraid of, you know, probing at those feelings. And I've, I have quite a few of those people who have come back and said they love doing this. It's, it's almost like a drug. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because they, um, you know, they and they keep writing. I remember one particular person who has, you know, like as everybody has gone through some difficult times in their her life. And um, she's in her 70s now. And she going through writing about her life helped her become more aware of the wisdom that she learned throughout her life. She never gave herself credit for learning that. And if you don't realize the wisdom that you've learned, you're not going to be as wise moving forward. In other words, if you continue to make the same mistakes, and all of us have done this at some point or another, think, you know what? I should have learned that already. Why am I doing this again? Why am I in this situation again? And she found herself doing that. But writing her out her stories helped her to bring that to the forefront. And it's a form of mindfulness, taking that from inside your brain and, and um, kind of behind that wool that I talked about earlier and bringing it out and exposing it saying, Oh, this is why I've been doing this. I, I, and I have been doing this. I need to stop doing that. And she really um, appreciated that 
it helped her become a wiser person for the future because she wrote about her life. Oh, Stacy, that's a great story. Stacy, I want to ask you whether you have an element of uh, habit, routine in your life that you could share with us, like maybe your morning routine, because sometimes it's that that can really get us into writing every day. Yes, I do write first thing in the morning because if I don't, I don't necessarily think everybody has to write in the morning. Mm -hmm. But for me, if I don't get it done, then the day gets so busy and um, and then I I neglect it. So I do have to write in the morning. So I get up, fire my computer, turn on the coffee maker and make some coffee. And then that's my quiet time. Nobody else is up and I just write. Sometimes it's only... 10 minutes. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a half an hour. That's about the most that I do in the morning. And what I, I love is writing, um, just, it's called free writing. You Mm -hmm. just write what's, what your brain is thinking of and you continue to write until the time is up. And even if you can't think of anything to write and you, you're writing, this is stupid. I can't believe what, I, you know, I don't know what I'm writing. You continue to write. Don't pick up your pencil. Don't take your, you know, fingers off the keyboard. Just continue to write because your mind cannot put out that drivel for very long. Eventually, you're going to get to some of the real nuggets of what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing. You can ask yourself a question first and write about that, but continue to write um, until the time is up that you've decided that you've set for yourself. And so do you meditate around the same time, like before you do this, after you do this at a different time of day? You know, usually I meditate during, in the middle of the afternoon, Mm -hmm. I can feel my head getting, it's so full of, of stuff and I have so many things to do and, and I I'm clicking from screen to screen to screen and not really getting anything done. I know, okay, it's time. I need to, Mm -hmm. I need to, I need to go lay down, not take a nap, but just lay down and be mindful. So middle of the day helps me to be a mindful person. That's really good to know. And I really value the power of writing, although I'd like to do more of it. You know, I'd like to mm-hmm. discipline myself to do more of it. But and right. I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, you're really inspiring me. I'm thinking I, I'm going to make up my mind to do more of it because why think about, gee, I wish I could do more of it. Just do, you know, make a plan of action. Yeah, there exactly. you go. Exactly. Well, you may know that I've worked in the field of bullying prevention for some time. And I always like to ask my interviewees about this. If you have a story that you could share with us where mindfulness might have made a difference, because it usually is such that if you can put less emphasis on the past, less emphasis on worrying about the future, then bullying really is not much of an issue. I know that you have a story about being married to a psych- psychopath, and that was a mm-hmm. t- that was such a tough time. But maybe you have another story or something different that you could share with us. Well, you know, I'm thinking back to junior high, <laughs> mm-hmm. if we can go back that far. Yeah, for sure. At, at one point in junior high, um, there was this other girl who was huge. I'm, I'm pretty short and she was really big mm-hmm. and she had, and I didn't even know her. 
someone had told her and pointed me out and said something that I had done something that and it was happened to be somebody else, but she thought it was me. Mm-hmm. And she just used her body and bumped me all the way down the hallway and out the door and was going to fight me. I was scared to death. I mean, I was shaking. And at that point, you don't even, you're like, what is happening? Who is this? I don't even know her. You know, I've never Mm -hmm. come in contact with her before. Why is something happening? But mindfulness would have helped me think, okay, what do I need to say in this moment in time? Um, Just like, again, stand up for myself, you know, not just take that and accept it and be, you know, wonder in my mind, but not ask the questions out loud and because fear was just, um, you know, coursing through my brain. So I think mindfulness would have helped then and helped me to be a much calmer person, take a look at the situation and address it. But in junior high, you just don't, you don't know those things yet. No, you don't. That's right. You don't. And you know, with people going out into the schools and teaching kids and teaching them about mindfulness, which is what I sometimes Mm -hmm. do, you know, I think it can really make a big difference. Yes, definitely. So, Stacy, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? I would say Anais Salibian. She was, she was my um, memoir writing teacher early on. And she had also is a practitioner of the Rosen Method. And she really um, helps people recover from trauma through that. And so, and that's where I first got introduced to writing and um, some of that mindfulness thing through, uh, through writing. And I really appreciate that. So how has mindfulness affected your emotions, Stacy? It's helped me be much more aware of my emotions rather than ignoring them and stuffing them down. It gets them out in the open where I can address them. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. I breathe when the app tells me to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're you're aware of it, and yes. and how does it make you feel when you do that? Oh, um, it it's much. It's very calming. Mm. Very calming. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would that be? You know, I, it, it's a book necessarily, not necessarily on mindfulness, sure. but it it's helps you with mindfulness. It's called To Be Told by Dan B. Allender. And it's about being aware of your story and how you can be the co-author of your story, not just a participant. And that's what mindfulness helps us to do is to be the co-author of our own bodies and minds and not just a, a mindless participant. I think I know the answer to this next one already. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? Yes, Headspace. I For love sure. Headspace. And it's worth it to get the pro version because it opens up different, a lot of different types of, of um, mindfulness w- walking you through that. Sure, sure. What advice would you give a person who is just feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed, their mind is just going crazy and they'd like to have some calm in their life. Been there and done that. In fact, Mm. several times a week, my mind gets to that. Um, You can do what I do. I lay down in the middle of the day or whenever it's like, it seems like you don't have a moment to spare. Mm -hmm. Go and lay down, 
turn on that mindfulness app or anything, or just like you said, uh, the ocean sounds or, or rain drop sounds and just quiet your mind and just, um, just think about what you're feeling and what your, you know, the, the sensations of your body and that will help you calm down. Stacy, I've really enjoyed talking with you today. How can Mindful Tribe learn more about what you do, connect with some of your programs, and uh, and maybe even contact you directly? Absolutely. Um, you can contact me directly at stacy at rightofyourlife.com. That's S-T-A-C-Y. And my website is rightofyourlife.com, W-R-I-T-E. Um, that's where my podcast is and most of my programs. And then you can also go to Right of Your Life on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Super. Well, I'll definitely be doing that. And uh, thanks so much for spending this time with me today, Stacy. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here and I appreciate what you do in the world. Thank you so much, Stacy. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. Check out our show notes for every episode at mindfulnessmode.com. On our next episode, we have a first. I interview a couple who are both on the line at the same time. It's Amanda and Nicholas Bayerly. They're fitness and mindset experts and are rocking it as a young married couple. So energetic. You won't want to miss this show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today with Stacy Brookman to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.